everybody. Welcome back to College Football Uncensored. We're here for another episode. I'm your host, Tyler Huck. With me is my co-host and colleague and friend, Chris Mahler. And Chris, you've incited the Twitter gang yet again this week. First off, okay, I like I like that um, that better than what you said. What is happening right now? Um, I, I like the way you put that better than last time, like that you said I was your co-host, but I don't know why you said friend last that seemed kind of unnecessary well just don't overthink it okay um anyways how was yeah so i I did it again (laughs) vacation was good (laughs) so um fun fact arizona's awesome uh you were a thousand percent right on that i don't know if you can see this if we're recording you see this i got a sweat stain wearing this gray shirt that i just changed into yeah tyler i didn't i didn't sweat and i have hyperhidrosis like literally it's a it's a condition that makes you sweat all the time and prevents you from getting a girlfriend in high school. That's like the literal doctor mm. and medical definition of it. It's a tough um, side effect. It was a very tough side effect. Um, very clammy palms. <laughs> so I, uh, I went out there and I was like, dry heat sounds fucking stupid, but we'll give it a whirl. And it was dead on. I didn't, I didn't awesome. sweat. Or, it's incredible. Like it was yeah. so hot, but it wasn't like, like there was like one day and it was like, 71 and i was like it's kind of chilly out here i felt like a real douchebag well 70 there is 70 here like in atlanta is yeah i could walk outside and instantly be just soaking wet within five minutes of walking out of my neighbor's house that's hot (laughs) (laughs) yeah without a doubt yeah 70 and 70 in scottsdale is like the most perfect weather you've ever felt maybe even a tinge cold yeah, it was it was amazing. I, I there were some amazing things I saw there, and we're not gonna spend too much time talking about um, how awesome yeah. it was. But uh, what we do need to get back to the Twitter uh, folks that you enraged. Yeah, <laughs> but um, no. So I did. I had I had to do some college football stuff out there, of course, because it's my favorite. So we went to Arizona State, and I'm not just saying this because I, I don't. You know, listen. This is the number one. Um, in terms of like not only audience base and, and total listeners each week, but also the oldest uh, Pac-12 podcast in the country. I mean, it's just, oh. that's like our that's our mo. So um, see, I, I, even as a host of this show, I didn't even know that. Well, that's because you lie about being a host. You're the co-host. Oh, that's right. Shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just put that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, so we. Uh, we went to Arizona state and it was like the most disappointing thing in the world. It was like, I mean, it wasn't the most disappointing thing like hand jobs are, but it was like, we got out there and within five minutes they were like, Hey, can we help you back to your car? We're like, no. I was like, we're, we're tourists at like a very Clark Griswold moment. And Allie was like, they're just saying like, get the fuck back to your car. Like, what are you doing here? I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of, I, that kind of bummed me out. Cause I went, I wanted to see, uh, I wanted to see like the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, like, you know, that's like, that's where, you know, Miami was was cheated out of a national championship and, and Tennessee won their last national championship. And there's like some like pretty good history there. Don't oh yeah, sorry. About <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, Peerless Price just still run free down that sideline. So uh-huh. they, uh, I, I like, was like pretty excited to see it, but it's also like, it's like up on a hill. So you can't get up there to see it. And it's like, everything was closed, the gates and, and they were super, I don't know. Um, less like conservative and strict about COVID stuff, but um, it was fun. All in all, like Scottsdale was beautiful. Um, Arizona itself was beautiful. It was it was a lot of fun, man. Yeah, great, great town. 
Uh, so welcome back. <laughs> you, you, I feel like you had to settle back into having a, an at home feeling and you got into it with some, some Twitter folks. So, so tell us what happened there. I didn't take a vacation from that when I, last week at all. <laughs> I'll just be honest. I feel like um, it increased. It probably did. They're like it probably did to be honest. I no, I was uh I I don't know. So what what happened? Did you talk about the South Carolina guy today? Well, there was a couple we could go visit, but I think the South there Carolina. Wasn't couple. Was, I, there wasn't a couple. So that was the most unhinged. That was yeah, without a doubt. Um I think uh oh, um Hold on. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to go through them right now. Um, <laughs> There's so many that it's confusing your brain. No, it's, <laughs> but I like, I guess. Okay. So if we're going to talk about this. We'll set it up this way instead of just me being a douchebag on Twitter. Cause I don't think I, I necessarily always am. I try to, I try to keep in mind what our, our boss or my boss always says um, to us, Kevin Duffy, love him to death. Who's who always says, Hey, let's just be the guys that really like college football. And I always remember that, but after I send off like all these like, very emotionally filled and emotionally charged tweets or sarcastically charged tweets. So I said something about like, I think Florida fans were talking shit about not losing by more than six points or something to Bama. And I made a joke about how they always seem to really like hang their hat on that. And and it plays into we're gonna we're gonna do like the worst fans rankings like within the next week or so. But it's not gonna be like worst team fans. It's like worst kind worst of fans. Type of fan, yeah. Like rent free. You already know is gonna be number one. Um, this guy, this guy, <laughs> he might be number two. I don't. I made the joke about uh, what did it say? Damn it, Tyler, you you saw it. I said they make quote unquote only lost by six banners asking for a whole ass state he said doesn't follow me and is a gamecock fan so i don't know why he was doing this <laughs> he said do they recreate brains for brain dead ass wipes like you sorry ass piece of shit human who the world should remove permanently <laughs> oh my god <laughs> dad um so so he said that, and the worst part was, or the funniest part was, he said that, and I was like, what the hell? Like, this seems like a very, very big overreaction. And then he blocked me. I, like, I, didn't, so, I didn't. So does this, per this person doesn't follow you, doesn't follow our podcast, doesn't follow anything? No, no. He's, I don't think he's a listener unless he's like, he just listens to hate. <laughs> F the, the AirPods he's listening on. I don't know, man. Given, given the fandom, um, I won't tell the story, but do you think it relates to the story you told me before we logged on? Oh, oh! Think about that. That's Did not his name, though. Okay, but Tyler's talking about my mom being harassed by. Okay, so I didn't want to go there. But... <laughs> no, okay. she, it's fine. I, I put it on Twitter already. It's, uh, oh, okay, um, okay. Robert Fellows talking about the ledge is very nice. Regardless of all that, vacation was great. Um, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter has been great. Uh, I'm excited for the next couple of things we have coming up. How was your week? Uh, week was good, probably not as great as yours. Um, I do head on vacation next week, though, so I get a week uh, down to 38, y'all. You know where we go. Yeah, that's it. That's an Atlanta suburb. It's you uh, and all the Lindas and Karens and all of them. Yep, they're all. Well, I'll be down there. So, um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. But it's just been a lot of work, a lot of no football, which sucks. Watching the Braves be terrible. Um, 
They thought they've been but doing well. They have recently, but uh, as compared to what you would expect for them, not good. They're playing the Red Sox right now too, which is I'm watching it. Yeah. Um. So I, like, I mean, let's just get caught up for a second. They're like highs and lows from the week that was, because I, I like, I don't, I mean, I didn't think we had to bring up the Twitter thing, but fine. Um. What What are some, What are the highs of the week for you? Don't even go to the lows. Just tell me the high. Hmm, the don't high, say anything about your, your daughter. I don't, hey, we you don't know care. what? The pool in the neighborhood opened up, which means okay. that, you know, until second baby is born, which is in like a month, a month. <laughs> um, I will have a couple weekends where, you know, you get to just relax by the pool. The Saturdays are always better doing that. Um, yeah. And, you know, doing yard work, sitting around the house. So that, that was a high. The pool is now open. Um, hey, and look, you know what? TJ Finley also announced that he's in, uh, transferring to Auburn. And that was not a high for me, but I just wanted a segment out of talking about me. Yeah. Um, that's something I've never done. But yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think uh, the high for me was Atlanta uh, beating New York on Sunday in basketball. That um, was fun. That was fun. We're, we're not going to be an NBA podcast. And I'm sure that some of our listeners hate LeBron. And I'm starting to as well because, my God. I mean, <laughs> he's just like, he really, he really just, he soaks it up. Did you yeah, see, did you see, um, our favorite, other favorite podcast from college besides college chaps, uh, uh, what is it? Pardon my take when they, they broke down the video of what he did when he got hurt on Sunday. No, no. Oh, he's, so I didn't even realize this, but he, he goes up and he somehow gets boxed out by Chris Paul. Who's like, you know, 14 inches shorter than him gets boxed out, somehow hurts his shoulder, goes to the ground, grabbing his shoulder. He's down on the ground for like forever. And like a scuffle breaks out and then LeBron gets up, walks over to where the scuffle is and then collapses right where the, the thing is. So like just all eyes on him at all moments. So one of the fun things about um, this podcast is we have a new producer who's going to really get his money's worth today because uh, I had a mild panic attack because my volume was turned all the way down. I guess I'm still loud enough that it was it was like still eight times higher than than your volume. So apologize to those guys. Let's <laughs> look to the first part. Um, we'll pick up where we left off because I had a panic attack thinking it wasn't recording at all. Um, anyway, no, I was going to say the Trey Young thing, him going into Madison Square Garden because uh, when we, again, don't have to get into it too much, but I just knew as like an Atlanta sports fan in general, but also just anyone that's watched sports before, they were going to fucking overblow every single thing that happened with the Knicks because it's, the, it's New York, right? Yep, yep. It's just everything they do is, is just always the most. And so when they had, um, is this still too loud? No, uh, no I'm a okay. <laughs> so it was, it was one of those things where like, I, I had, I had like friends, like good friends of mine, like um, that were sending me like Cody Kirk, like who sent me, or sending texts, I was like, dude, Madison Square Garden is crazy right now. And I'm like, no, it's fucking not. It's the same as any other arena that's yeah. having the NBA playoffs right now that actually has fans. There's nothing that's that listen, OAR like recorded an album there. So let's fucking get Great off album. them. It was a fantastic album. I'll, I'll be honest. I got the first day <laughs> it came out. <laughs> that's something for a douchebag I was in college. But still, um, I just like I just knew they were gonna overplay that. So when Trey Young hit that winner. Um, oh, awesome. and and then and look at the crowd and said it's quiet as fuck in here. It's oh, quiet as fuck. Good. I was going nuts. And also, I'll be honest. I'll whisper it so Allie doesn't hear me. I put a fifty dollar live bet down at plus two forty nine when they were down by four, and they came back and won, and that netted me like one hundred twenty five bucks. Boom. Let's Lost it later on the jazz. 
Never bet on a team named the Jazz. In Utah. The only jazz you're seeing in fucking Utah is jazz hands at like a cheerleading competition. That's ridiculous. Um, sadly enough, as a longtime suffering Atlanta fan, of every every team here is my favorite pro team. Um, that was like one of my favorite Atlanta sports moments in a long time. And yeah, it was game one. game one of a play of the first round of the playoffs, but Eastern, just Eastern Conference quarterfinals. Nothing. And we'll probably lose the, the next four games. Well, uh, in typical Atlanta fashion, the next thing that happened was uh, Julio and all the news that came right. out with him because Shannon Sharp, former Houston's regular, comes out and and like dupes him into that that. Uh, yeah, that was definitely set up. Yeah, that was that was a power play by Julio. I feel. Anyway. I do. Um, so let's get into what I was talking about earlier, which is TJ Finley, uh, former LSU quarterback transferring over to Auburn in a tweet on Monday. Uh, he said, he told two, four, seven sports that he felt like God led me to do this, which is, it makes sense now why he ended up at Auburn. God's tigers. God oh, came yeah. in. So things can go. Everyone Auburn. knows God's an Auburn fan. Everyone it, knows that they'll, they'll tell it to you. Um, no. so God's tigers, you know, God came down, told TJ Finley, you need to be at a different tiger school. He is now at Auburn. What do you think about this? Right. Is this a big deal or no? Uh, so I think it's a big deal. And cause it's a, it's a starting quarterback race in the sec. Wh why I think it's a big deal is anyone that knows me. And I honestly, I'll say that anyone that, that I feel like knows college football or football in general, doesn't think that Bo Nix is an elite quarterback. I think he's an average at best quarterback. I think, I think Bo Nix has the ability to be a not Pat White. I'm trying to, I'm trying, maybe, maybe, and I'm, I'll say this just because it's Brian Harson, like a Jared Zabransky level player where he's like, mm -hmm. we'll do some things that excite you and he'll, but he'll do stuff that doesn't really, well, wait, did Zabransky lead that team to the Fiesta Bowl? This is a, yeah, that was a brand skew. Okay, so then absolutely not. That's not Bo Nix. He's not going to like one of those <laughs> those bowl games. I just he's one of these. He's one of those guys that will like when you look at his numbers at the end of the year. He had 19 total touchdowns, seven interceptions. Not that egregious, right? He had 12 passing touchdowns. He had 12. He had 12 passing touchdowns in 12 games, I believe. Um, and it might have been less. You know, it was 11 games. I'm sorry. Um, to put that in perspective, Miles Brennan, who also came from LSU, had three starts and had 11 touchdowns. Granted, that's a totally different offense than what they, they ran with Gus Malzahn. But I, I think why it's a big deal to me is because you've heard like a couple of different people. Um, the lesser Palmer brother between Jordan, is it Carson Palmer or is Jordan Palmer? Jordan yeah, Palmer, who's like his QB coach, was like, Bo Nix has a, will be the number one overall draft pick next year. Oh my goodness! Which led to some incredible memes and a lot of CFL talk. But like, oh man, what a take! It's a lot of CFL. I, talk. Yeah, which draft like, are we talking about here? And there's and there's been listen. I it's his third year, and I get that. Like, see how he'll progress. But I I expected to see more out of him last year, especially with the receiving core that he had. Because the receiving core that he had then is a lot better than what he's got coming back to him now without a single starter returning. You know what I mean? Like yeah. last year he had, he had Seth Williams, who I think was severely underrated in the sec, Anthony Schwartz, who was the fastest player in college football. Um, I mean, he had a lot of talent around him. And so I, I just was confused as to why we saw no progression then. And then now we're expecting, or a few people are expecting him to kind of turn this corner. Um, 
if if there's any like if 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 the game of football was based on someone rolling out to their right for absolutely no fucking reason like when the pocket has not collapsed if it was based on somebody rolling out to their right all the way across the field and just hurling a ball without setting their feet a minimum five to seven yards out of bounds Bo Nix would be a first round draft pick and be drafted number one overall absolutely but that's not that's not how the game is played and that's sadly what he does best in my opinion I just I'm just confused as to why we we think he's he'll have some help with Tank Bigsby, but when you talk about a supporting cast, you know he's got he's got four uh, four starters coming back on the offensive line. That's also huge. But when the supporting cast also includes your receivers, I, I just feel like he's in trouble. And also, I'm not a thousand percent sure that if he was the guy and Brian Harson was sold on Bo Nix, who's a former five star, and, and people have been kind of waiting and waiting waiting to see that take place. I don't know if if he would have brought in somebody like TJ Finley. Do you think this is a next year battle, like coming up year, or do you think that they're looking at Finley as kind of the successor, maybe beating Bo Nix out his senior year or something like that? Because I, I feel like TJ Finley, he was just a freshman last year, right? I mean, he's pretty raw. He had five, five touchdowns, five picks, and ended up getting benched for uh, Max Johnson. I feel like he's more of a projection of, hey, two years from now, this kid's going to be pretty good. We'll bring him in. We'll teach him the system. He can learn up behind Bo Nix. You could say that's good or bad, but, um, and then hopefully, you know, it'd be awesome if he took the job, but that's not really what they're planning on. Yeah. I think you're spot on when you say that. And, and, and I will say like moving on from any of the negative talk to Bo Nix, I think this only helps him it, yeah. whether it's this year and like, unless he loses the starting job. Right. Like, like I think Bo Nix, Bo Nix is, in my opinion, again, I think he's a at best, at best, middle of the road SEC quarterback. But that being said, having some competition never hurt anyone. And he hasn't had any of that since he stepped foot on campus, in my opinion. Like the, the most competition Bo Nix has faced was when he enrolled early his freshman year. And, and I, I talked about this on the other podcast when it was happening. And, and I said, because going into spring practice, I, I said, um, you know, I, I we had two very different takes. Connor and I, he, he thought that Malik Willis was going to be the starter and, and, and had him, you know, projected somewhere in, in the sec. And I made this very bold statement that I thought that not only would Bo Nix win the starting job as a freshman, that, but Malik Willis would transfer. And, you know, what ended up happening was both of us ended up being right with how good of a quarterback yeah. Malik Willis started being all that kind of stuff. And I only bring that up though, because the reason why that I said that was, I honestly thought the reason why um, Malzahn was even doing this was he was kind of hitching his wagon to, all right, listen, if I'm on the hot seat this year, right. We got to start. We got a first game against Oregon, nationally televised primetime game. I'm I'm riding with this freshman quarterback. If you can't fire me until we see this guy like like finish his time here, right? Like it's mm-hmm. finally a guy that fits my system. It's not a transfer like Nick Marshall that has only two years or whatever. This is a guy that like he's highly recruited. My, yeah, well, and it also fits that system perfectly. Like we we all thought. Now, when you have like a situation like where. He had his freshman year where Malik Wilson's up transferring to Liberty. Joey Gatewood stays and then transfers out in, in like October. And it's just his job. And then you go to the next year and you've got fucking Cord Sandberg, who's like 28 years old, Chris Winky, like I think he's 24, but played minor league baseball. You don't have any competition. And, and I think that's, you talk to anybody that follows Bama, Georgia, any of these, these, these places to bring in 
high level recruits, you'll hear over and over iron sharpens iron, iron sharpens iron, right? Like you have competition only makes you better because the cream always rises to the top. And so I, you know, I think, I think that it'll be really good for him to have any kind of above average competition because let's face it, Corey Sandberg wasn't going to beat him out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I think, uh, so I guess Harson, you know, has, has told the kid, Hey, look what, you know, if you're the number one guy, we'll, we'll start you. I, I think you got to tell people that when they're transferring in. But, um, I think, you know, between this, the, the latest recruit they, they brought in at quarterback and Knicks, I mean, they got mobile guys, um, which, you know, is, is clearly a help in today's game, but I just think this kid's pretty raw and you may see him a couple years down the road. You know, I don't think this is a, a some stellar signing by any means, at least right. yet. So what well, is funny too, cause he, you know, his first start, he, he became the victim of, of what we do worst in media, which is see one small glimpse of something and turn it into this massive projection, right? Like just the, I, this guy, you, <laughs> you remember when, uh, I'm trying to think. It was, this is like a deep, deep cut. Do you remember Brent Schaefer, the the dual threat quarterback from 2004? And I believe he came in with with either Eric Ainge or Jonathan Crompton. I think it was Crompton. I believe. Yeah, I don't know, but Schaefer, it's like 2004. They were they were both big recruits, and Schaefer was like the next Mike Vick. And and I remember them like projecting on on one of their games, like that 2004 season. It was like like this is what the this is what the top ten draft picks will look like four years from now. And he's going to be like a top 10 pick. And we're like, what? And then like, he didn't play hardly at all. And then transferred out and all this other stuff. TJ Finley had one start against a horrid South Carolina team and defense and went like 17 of 21, two touchdowns, one pick, 265 yards. And there were people that were like, he, he is the future. He's yeah. the future of this yeah. program. Um, it's and the not next like, week they, it's not like our uh, society and journalism today to overreact <laughs> after one start. ever. I, that's what I get a salary for. It's <laughs> like literally do that. Um, but, but, you know, like the, he goes, he goes next week, ironically enough to Auburn um, has a pretty terrible game. Uh, 13 of 24 for 143 yards, two picks, no touchdowns and gets beat 48 to 11. I just, I think that a fresh start for him and a fresh start at competition to somebody for, to push Bo Nix, is is really good I, I think i think it's a great situation for both of them and i think if we're being honest with ourselves and we're not trying to be you know either big j journalists trying to make like something out of nothing or if we're not trying to be like twitter handle hot takes of just or like monday morning quarterbacks i think what you said is the most like plausible and, and logical end result of what happens here which is just hey we got a kid for next year we can bring him along and that's really what you want if you're harson so um i don't a lot of Auburn fans, I think, like to blame Miles on saying he can't, he can't, you know, um, develop, develop quarterbacks and things like that. But here's something that I haven't really considered until just thinking of it. And I don't really know, obviously, um, like the history of Auburn too well, but was, was his, was Bo Nix's dad like really good at Auburn? Patrick Nix was, so Patrick Nix was a quarterback. He was good, but he was, he wasn't like, he's obviously not like a Cam Newton or even like, right. a, you know, Jason Campbell, but what he was able is. I don't know what his record was, but I know like those 93 and 94 teams when Auburn went like 21 and 0 or 21 0 and 1 on this like crazy stretch, he was the quarterback of of that team. Okay. You know? Yeah, cuz I just, you know, uh, as an outsider, you I I watched, you know, I remember when Bo Nix was getting recruited um and everyone was like, "Oh, he's, you know, his dad's a big Auburn guy and he'll go there and 
you know everyone like that was the narrative that i wonder if that just like it kind of like i don't know put something in his head that he's like he probably tries too hard to be like you know his dad or better than that maybe that's not why he's not so good i i think he's not so good because he's not so good i don't know <laughs> i think he's just maybe he needs well, to start maybe he needs to transfer to lsu <laughs> well, I, you know i'll tell you what though it, like and i'll say my third year of college was the year i saw the most growth in terms of like like really understanding Drinking. that for sure <laughs> <laughs> that for damn sure um but no like wax down on my my fourth and fifth and maybe sixth year that might have been where i really really <laughs> kicked it up a notch um but no like i mean like in terms of sports like that third year you really like i couldn't imagine starting a fucking game like, like sec yeah. football in in uh in what he called like like as, a, as an 18 year old kid right yeah um i think that i think that him having like his third year and and maybe honestly like usually i would i would i hate this i think it's a stat that gets gets never gets used nearly enough right which is um having having new coordinators like that's like, like something too yeah, i had was you know he had like a new coordinator i think like i don't know like all three years he was there or something stupid um i think or maybe it was jalen hurts it's jalen hurts i think i think this might have been the best thing that could have happened um to bo Nix is getting a fresh start because you know if you're in year three with the same coach same coordinator and you're not progressing then then it's like fuck man like what like what yeah. what's changed yeah, so and I mean Harson is an offensive guy, um, so we'll see what happens there. I mean, I, I'm not ready to write Bo Nix off yet. I think if he has a pretty mediocre year this year, and Fenley develops like they want, if I'm Bo Nix, I keep my options open for my senior year. Yeah. Um. All right. So so where should we head from here, Chris? We we were talking well, about you brought up you brought up Harson being an offensive coach, and and I I just can't help but. Like this is a this is a big undertaking that we should have prepared more for. But um, it, the new college football preseason magazines are out, which I, I think I compared to the other day. It's like like either wearing a seatbelt on an airplane or the Fast and Furious franchises. Like both of them, the end result is going to be the same no matter what you do, right? Like 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 if I I get excited to see Fast and Furious movies for no reason, it's it's going to be the same shit and like every single time there's no reason that we buy these magazines that are out in May right after spring camp and about, and they cover every single team imaginable. Right. Yeah. Um, but it provides like fodder and banter and all that kind of shit. And, and, and it's like, a you know, for me, it's like the first step in the office is like, all right, we're close, man. Like we're, we're right at under a hundred days. Like, here we go. But the, but uh, Athlon came out with their magazine. I got, I found theirs first and they ranked the sec coaches. And there was, there was some surprises on here because if, <laughs> just get right back into the bread and butter of sec offseason stuff, which is Georgia, Florida shit talk. Athlon ranked their coach. They had Saban first, Jimbo second, Dan Mullen, third, Kirby four coach. Oh, five. And we'll run to the rest, but we're going to get back into Kirby and, and Mullen Mark Stoops six, which it's about fucking time. He got any kind of, you know, positive, yeah. you know, it's just, I feel like he constantly, constantly gets overlooked. Lane Kiffin seven, which I was kind of surprised. Mike Leach, eight. Brian Harson nine. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz, 10. Sam Pittman, 11. Josh Heupel, 12. Clark, Clark, this might have been the biggest surprise to me in general. Clark Lee, 13. Shane Beamer, 14 at USC. So 
first off, what do you agree? You know, what do you agree and disagree with on that list? And then we're going to get into Kirby and Mullen. I'm going to sound homerish when I say this, but oh god, I don't know how you go Jimbo over some of those other guys because he won a national championship at a different school. <laughs> he just finished fourth in the country. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Last year was. I keep saying this, and I know you don't like it because Bama won the championship. But Tyler, for outside, we, show me on the doll where Jimbo hurt you. Oh, I can show you where he hurt me. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. But would you really take Jimbo over uh, Kirby or uh, who was five? At Coach O. So okay, so there you go. Coach O won the championship two years ago. Yeah. So, and that's, it is weird how much these have fluctuated over the past couple of years. I, I think Coach O is an elite coach. I, I do. And, yeah. and I, last year put a, a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of chink in the armor on that one uh, yeah. for that because of what happened last year. Because I, I just think, it, like, you can say what you want about Joe, Joe Burrow, Joe Brady, all this kind of stuff. His record, get rid of the record that Coach O had at Ole Miss, right? Which was a very long time ago. Okay. And you look at the record that he's had as a head coach, whether it be an interim coach at USC or interim coach is not an easy job. Like to just pick up where somebody left off and run an entire fucking program. You're basically a stepdad where you don't want people like they want to listen to you. It's like, you're a stepdad. If the mom left, you're like, wait, what? Why? Like, like you're just here on your own. It's like a shitty, like Steve Martin movie. I don't want to be a part of this. And so you have, you have like, you have all these like new responsibilities. I think that's tough. And he went six and two and six and two as an interim coach at, at SC and, and LSU. And his record at LSU has been stellar up until last year. And he's the one that made all those hires. Yeah. I, yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying Jimbo needs to be 10th, but I mean, if I'm thinking about I'm a school and I'm looking to hire a coach, obviously Saban's one, but like, I think I'd rather have Kirby over Jimbo personally. I just, I know he hasn't won anything so, yet. Yeah. But I mean, they George, Texas A&M probably has better resources than Georgia does, and I mean Georgia, without a doubt, Kirby continues to bring in the best recruits, and eventually it's going to pay off for him. I, I, I mean, he's going to win a championship before this year, Georgia, maybe this year. Um, so I mean, but you're, I guess you're splitting hairs there. Um, hold hold on, know, real quick, the Coach O thing, and, and I don't disagree with you. I, yeah. I, I would have, I would have most likely had Kirby two here. Yeah. I, I really would have. And I'm, I'm fully like, I'm all in on what they're going to do this year and, and win a championship. Um, I don't think enough was made out of like, we, we shit on Georgia for, for getting to a national championship too early when he was yeah. there. Right. Yeah. Should have never been there with a true freshman quarterback as somebody like Jake Fromm got there, beat a Heisman trophy winner in the Rose bowl comes back and has to beat an Alabama team that has more rest. Cause they didn't even fucking win their division. And then, you know, like, so and we shit on for that. Basically should have won that game. I mean, I'm not saying. Well, they, about, okay, let's, let's pump the fucking brakes here. They, they kind of blew. Was nice enough. God, they kind of blew. <laughs> yeah, they did. But like, <laughs> at the same time, at the same time, you have, um, you have like, you know, he doesn't make it last year. None of us made enough. <laughs> and, and like, our oldest listeners will appreciate this. We didn't talk about the injuries nearly enough from Georgia last year. And like, especially in that Florida game not taking anything away from Mullins. I think Mullen did a fantastic job, but I would probably have Kirby and I'm not just talking about coaching, right? I'm talking about like what this encompasses as a whole, like recruiting, building a program. If I, if I'm talking about building a program for the next 10 years, for the next 10 years, starting today, 
Okay, hear me out here. Yes. I'm taking I'm Kirby listening. over everyone. I'm taking Kirby over, oh, including yeah. Saban, because I don't think Saban will be there in 10 years. So, like, that's where I would stand with it. Um, yeah. But the Coach O thing, you talked to Will Ogburn, our former producer. He'll he'll bring this up, you know, as quick as anybody. Not only has Kirby never beaten Coach O, he's got his ass kicked by Coach O every time he's facing him. He got beat 36-19 to 19 in Baton Rouge when they were seven-point favorite. And that was the 2018 season, right? Like before yeah. LSU won this run. And then they face him the next year in 2019 when Georgia had the best defense in the country and they get shellacked 37 to 10. So there's a there's an argument to be made. Yeah, none of them involved Jimbo. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, I think one of your, you retweeted someone uh, best on your Twitter today. That was like Texas A&M is going to have the, the best, most talented team at, to do nothing with it this year. I didn't retweet that first off. That was Mello, who's from our good friend Paige okay. Kuhn, uh, and her podcast. He's a huge Texas fan. So <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with that. But like, you know what? This is probably a good time because like I've I've brought this up a bunch on the old on the old podcast before we like, you know, we brought you on. Um I mean, you if, if anyone has a good insight as to why Jimbo has all these deficiencies, it's you. So like, yeah. why don't you take this time to to say that? We just won't. We'll just delay the Kirby <laughs> Mullen argument. Well, his uh, to me, outside of the one year, like, so if you if you listen to insiders at Florida State, they'll tell you that the whole staff thought they were going to win the championship in 2012 when when EJ was EJ Manuel was a senior. And uh -huh. they're always every single year outside of the one year where we had a fantastic one of the best teams ever. Um, sure. There was some random loss like we would lose to Georgia Tech. Or we'd lose to Wake Forest, and like we would go ten and two, but we would always have some game. We would look horrible out of a bye. Like there was always just oh, some. Yeah, slip he's up. terrible out of a bye. There was always just some slip up that was totally unexpected every single year. You get a generational QB. We win, uh, you know, the twenty thirteen championship. Go undefeated the next year, and then as soon as he leaves, back to weird bullshit. Losing to Georgia Tech on a Saturday night, like it's just. He gets I don't lost know. on a fluke. It was like. They blocked well, we, a kick and ran it back. Yeah, they were also the only ACC win they had that year was us. Oh, that's tough. I didn't know that. Yes, that's <laughs> <it. laughs> so, we get shellacked in the in the Peach Bowl by Houston. It's like so there was oh, always, y all got beat real bad by them. Yeah, I was at that game. That was fun. It's cool. Want to talk about it? <laughs> that, that was that was how Tom Herman basically parlayed that into the Texas job eventually. I didn't even uh, realize that. So, anyways, uh, that that's kind of look had I wished things would have just worked out with him long-term. Yeah, that probably, but he had already, the, the train was off the tracks already at that point. So it's, it was probably better. He was gone, but that, he, there was just those kind of deficiencies. He's one of the best talent evaluators that I've seen in college football. Honestly, like he, he's turned a three-star wide receiver, Xavier Rhodes into a first round pick at DB. Like he's got yeah. evaluation for days develops, but just, I don't know. I think it's more game day stuff, honestly. And that's, that's what well, you could not curb me for that too. Without a doubt, I, like as a as a game day coach, what a God damn it, Acuna. Um, yeah. uh, and I'm pulling for the Braves for every other series but this. But um, no, it's, and I think I think what's interesting about this is like this argument, like most things with debate in sports and college football, is is the goalposts and the target move so fucking much, right? Like it, it moves so much from fan base to fan base, from coach to coach, and like wh whatever. You know, listen, as somebody that's like that has somehow figured out a way to make a living doing this. You can, you can build a story 
any way you want to, right? Like, like if you want to, if you want to pitch that Mullen's a better coach than Kirby because he's a better in-game coach, then you can definitely like build that story and build that narrative. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be able to argue it because yeah. you know, I think Kirby has a lot of flaws, especially in game, but, but like from, I mean, like Stoops, Stoops is 49 and 50, 49 and 50. Right. But he's the sixth best coach in the, in, in the SEC. And I don't know if that's a big, I don't know if that, if that's that big of a um, argument like against him, you know what I mean? Because, because yeah. of how, you know, like you have to well, take into account what, like where he's been doing it at. Kentucky is never traditionally invested in football. They're a basketball mm-hmm. focused program. And my lifetime, I mean, I don't think Kentucky's ever been good. So 2007, people, they were pretty good. Yeah. That's when they beat. Um, actually, I was down in Milledgeville staying at your apartment. That might've been the first time we ever met, but Florida state played, uh, Kentucky in the 2007 Music City Bowl. <laughs> Woodson, I believe, was the QB. We had 27 Andre players, Woodson. 27 players suspended for that game. For oh, I remember that. Yeah, because the, the cheating, cheating thing. Yeah. And you were in the class. Yes, I was in the class. We don't have to get into that because no, I know no, what no. happened there. But <laughs> I got um, lit, brother. I never tell. I'm not. I'm not a rat. I heard that? Man. Not a snitch. <laughs> um, no. So I think that uh, you know, like, like, and not being a homer here, but if you're trying to tie in all of the different things uh, that make a coach great, there's really only one coach in this whole conference. That's like, you know, has all these qualities and it's it's saving without a doubt. Like what he's done will never be touched again. And and I'm not saying that again, I'm not saying as a Homer, it's like, no, it's the run, the run he's on right now is fucking ridiculous in in this era, especially. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, I know there's, there's at least one person just, just, fighting fighting the air punching the air right now or like one person screaming into a chevy silverado uh you know speakers whatever like it's because he cheated or whatever like like whatever you want to think it's still crazy that he's been able to pull this off and i tell you what we're not going to get into this today tyler but i I still haunts my dreams he's one second away from having seven in the last however many years uh and he's a kick six away i still think bama beats florida state in 2013 if you give him 45 if you give him 40 45 days to prepare for anybody. I have a hard time believing Jimbo Fisher beats him, but that's but, true. Yeah. yeah. Better coach. Anyway, but um, no, you know, we'll get in, we'll get more. Well, thank into, God like, for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also what if that was like, think about how much that could have changed the narrative. If he beat oh, Saban yeah. and then, oh, yeah. and then, Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. That's too much. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do a Kool-Aid man thing, not like a porn thing. Right. Um, no, no. Well, we should like, at some point really get into it um uh just just in terms of uh the dominance the dominant yeah, the, the butterfly effect well I, that movie's awful but um <laughs> but no like like the the mullen smart thing we can get into it. i i think it's kirby and i think that this is like this this uh ranking alone it's it says here it's a close call between mullen and kirby smart for number three a small edge goes to mullen after lifting florida to its first east division title since 2016 I just have a hard time. <laughs> I just have a hard time being like, oh, okay, well, they did it last year with with generational talent. So he has to be a better coach than Kirby, who was coming off winning three division titles in a row. Like, what? What are we even talking about here? So we'll, we'll say that. I, you know, it's tough, though. It's tough, though. He had generational talent, but that, actually, what's interesting about that is I don't think he recruited any of those guys. He went and eight and four. He developed, and that's true. That's very true. And I can't believe I'm sitting here talking about Dan Mullen, but 
he 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 inherited those guys and outside of Pitts, like trask had never played right before mullen got there since, since freshman year of high school dude you That's know that right. you, you ain't heard that story um, behind Derek king yeah um and, and Kadarius tony was like a piece but he wasn't a first round pick like and and then Pitts was obviously good but yeah then it became generational um, I would argue that Mullen, even with those players, still doesn't have the talent that Georgia that Georgia has on their squad, and they like no. shellacked Georgia. Yeah, and, and Georgia had a fourteen point lead too. So I, I, I yeah. that's also the first time Mullen's ever beaten Kirby. So yeah, right, so yeah, recency I, bias. I would still have Kirby over Mullen, but I think as far as a coach, they're, they're you can justify close. it. Oh, that's fair. I, I mean, mean, yeah, I mean, but Mullen's never going to bring in the type of talent that Kirby does, which is why ultimately I don't think he'll ever win a championship florida that's i mean that's fair i think um that we'll save that for another day but like yeah you know uh, let me ask you this and this is all hypothetical right but but try to be honest here if we talk about the generational talent how good florida was like there was a time there was a point last year where, where kyle trask was the front runner and and everyone thought he was going to win the heisman trophy right yeah. um and and we know what happened with lsu we know what happened with lsu right. but can you imagine what we would be saying about Georgia as as much fun it is to pick on Georgia and Kirby smart. Can you imagine what we'd be saying about that school and that coach? If they had that generational talent last year with Kyle Pitts, Kadaris, and this, this quarterback who's been fantastic. And he went eight and four lost oh, an yeah. LSU team. That was three and seven at home. And the thing they hang their hat on more than anything is, well, they played Bama like close and only lost by six points. That's, like we would, we would, it would be open season on on Georgia and Kirby Smart if that was like, that's true. The narrative of the fan base, you know. No, it's a good point. It's um, I don't know. Again, some of that stuff I think just the COVID year was weird. But yeah, no, you got to win more more than uh, or lose less than four games when you got those kind of yeah. players. So you're right. I don't know. I don't have too well, many. That's the end of the show. After you said it, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any too many problems with that list. I just think I I mean th those top five could probably be rearranged in different yeah. orders. And I probably okay. could argue either way. So should we have um, some fun and actually rank the uh like let's let's discuss where each coach would go on vacation. Um okay. and let's also talk about our question of the week from the mailbag. All right. So in an effort to not see when I like when I try to match you of coming up with witty jokes on this podcast, it doesn't really work out for me. So I'm going to that be a lesson you. to you. Let that be a lesson to everyone. <laughs> so, so we should probably, um, you know, have you make the jokes here, but <laughs> okay. Saban, where's he going on vacation? He's not going on vacation. You fuck. Well, he's crazy. a big lake guy. No, we know that he's a big lake guy. Okay. So he's, I mean, do you consider that a, a vacation going to the lake? I can I can tell you right now firsthand accounts that he not firsthand but like from people that have been on vacation with him that he um he <laughs> I know for a fact he was interviewing people on his last vacation with Miss Terry like which I thought was like for for opening like coaches openings like when uh, when he lost like however many people uh, after okay, the you. season right um but no, he like he takes time off, like and, and he'll go to like Miss Terry just got a new boat, um, so that's cool. But I mean, like, yeah, you got I, all this inside info. I wonder where you could be getting it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, okay, but like like Jimbo, like where do you think? Like I feel like Jimbo vacations in. Well, I do know either, where like he... shitty Florida 
or or Vegas. <laughs> so where he actually goes is West Virginia, where he's from, and he goes like Jesus Christ, stuff, which That's is makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, not for him. I just feel like he's constantly angry. So yeah, <laughs> or you are talking about him. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. He doesn't seem like a Vegas guy to me. See that Vegas to me is 100% like Lane Kiffin and Coach O going together. See, I don't think, I don't think Coach O is a Vegas guy. I think Coach O is a beach guy. Co- Coach O is like, but he, he I, the way he's built and I, I, I would assume most of these guys stay down here, but Coach O is built Atlanta like City. he's perfect perfect for the jersey shore like yes, like he absolutely. is he is so perfect for the jersey shore because he's like coach o I've, I've always said this he is he's like impenetrable that's a word kind of um and like impervious to pain right like he there's no way he is going to get hurt like he's a bear of a human and so if he got sunburned like i just he would it wouldn't bother him he would just be like oh it's uncle Vito. he's out he's out <laughs> yeah, in the exactly. sun all day like that's that's coach o um I think like Mullen, Mullen, it's just, this is probably just like I, Kalamazoo, Michigan. No, Biloxi. Walla Walla, Washington. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Biloxi, huh? Oh, I think this is more of like the, the, like, like the cousin Eddie thing. Cause I, yeah. Mullen seems like a good time. Like, I, I feel like I would have fun if I was going on a Vegas trip and we should do this at the end. If you were going on a Vegas trip with, with like a foursome, what three, like what three coaches would you take? Mullen would definitely be my top three. It'd be Mullen, really? Kiffin, and oh, without a doubt, he's fun. He's fucking crazy. Like, I, like yeah. he's he is the he is the the wild card of the group for sure. After oh, one hundred percent. things. You're gonna be at a bar in the casino at three a.m. and you're gonna look over and he's gonna be fighting someone. You're like, yeah, <laughs> or like again? doing the knife game with his fingers. Just like, yeah, yeah. Trust me, trust me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That, that's yeah. A, and, and like he Mullen seems like the kind of guy that like if you went out drinking with him he would be the first one to convince someone like go stand over there and put your fucking hand on that dartboard. I'm going to do this blindfolded. Yep. Like that's, that's Mullen. So he, so I actually went to Vegas for my bachelor party as well. And I know you did. Um, my, one of my buddies, party? we'll call him the animal. Uh, Cause oh, that's wow. what we actually call him. Um, shattered a storefront window with his hand uh, while walking Why? out of dinner because he, this, this is, this is what Dan Mullen would do. He just does outrageous things when he's hammered and his his wedding yeah. ring caught the, the caught the glass in such a way that it shattered <laughs> and like was immediately swarmed and taken to the basement of the casino and they made him they wouldn't let him leave until uh he paid on his credit card for the he window went to the basement of the casino yeah and my Bro, buddy that's a place you never want to be exactly and my buddy who my other buddy who was also very drunk at this time was a, an attorney he goes down there and is trying to attorney oh, no. my buddy out of the basement. It is a wild scene, wild scene. But that's, that's Mullen. A big Mullen, desert. Mullen would be that guy. Mullen would be that yeah. guy on the trip. But you just very, you, he's a Come loose guy. <laughs> you never know what he's going to do. Um, he's fun to an extent. And then when he gets too drunk, you're like, guys, maybe we could, she consider like leaving him here while yeah. we go here because he's a liability to us now. That's my friend yeah. Animal, and that is Dan Mullen. <laughs> Um, I think we talked about this with Stoops one time interviewing him. I think he's a Vegas guy and, and he's like actually low key fun. Yeah. He, he's like, like Kiffin, Kiffin is also a Vegas guy, obviously, but, but he's like a, like club Vegas guy, not right. to dance. And he, he's like, he will go oh, get a VIP good. table. Yeah, yeah. The whole time. 
Yeah. Mike Leach seems like the kind of person that's like, we should do um, an Alaskan cruise or like somewhere where they go dig up bones, like like not an Alaskan cruise. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he goes like on scavenger hunts and shit. Like, oh, what'd you do for a vacation? Well, we actually, we took a trip to Kansas. So I know it sounds weird, but they have this exhibit there. Like that's the kind of shit he would pull. <laughs> uh, what about Drinkwitz? Drinkwitz is a Vegas guy. Drinkwitz is, is low-key funny. He like Is he? Yeah. I was thinking more science camp for him. No, he looks like it, but he's cool. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. So Pittman. So my bad, dude. I didn't know you want you knew fucking Eli Drinkowitz. <laughs> well, he wasn't on our podcast. Um, <laughs> but uh, but by the way, when are we going to talk about how hot Brian Harson is? Harson is. Where's Harson? Harson might be going on a cruise, and he's no. just going to stand by the pool, and he's gonna he's gonna judge the guy. You know they do the belly flop competition. Yeah, the families, and he's just going to sit there. Wearing Costa del Mar sunglasses and just hit a big chaw in, and he's just not gonna like what's going on in the pool. No, no. I see. I, I have a. De- I I think you have I mean, a one, ringer on Harson. Harson and Beamer, I think, are are winter vacations. Shane Beamer looks like a skier, like he's just kind of like scrawny. He seems like he's built for the fucking slopes. Harson, same thing, snowboarding. Like Harson looks like. He looks like every dickhead from like a late 80s, early 90s teen action movie that right. they grew up. Like, I mean, like he's like a much better looking version of the guy from Cobra Kai. Okay. Like if that guy didn't get into all those Coors originals and like, I don't know, debt, like that's that's what he would have looked like was Hart, Brian Hartson. <laughs> I, I call him Brian Hotson. Okay. Jo- <laughs> Josh Heupel, I think, is going to Floribama. Josh Heupel's going to an eating competition. He's just yeah, like that's Mississippi. That's what I was a... thinking about when I said Florida. It's <laughs> just a crawdad. <laughs> well, I went down to um, outside of Biloxi. We had a crawdad eating competition. <laughs> so Sam Pittman, this one's uh, I, where where's he headed for uh, for a, a week long vacation somewhere? So Pittman is he's like similar in, in body. Not well, he's not as strong, but like he, he's also the same guy that's going to get like sunburn on stuff. Pittman, I think, stays close to home, goes to the Lake of the Ozarks, which is the next state over in Missouri. Um, and he seems, but he's like, he is the party. Yeah. Like, say what you want to about Arkansas coaches, but like two of the last three guys have been someone I would want to party with him and, and Bielema, not fucking Chad Morris. <laughs> so Pittman's the guy, he's got just tricked out pontoon boat on Lake Ozark. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, he's got the he's got the pontoon boat, and he's out there constantly smoking cigars, um, never wearing oh, a yeah. shirt, never wearing a shirt, um, and he's got, you know, surprisingly, he's got some sort of up to date tunes blasting from the speakers that are upgraded on the pontoon boat. You oh, think maybe he'd have a little bit of an old school taste? No, he knows the new jams. Oh, late like, pl- put on light playlist. Hey, yep. yes sir, yep. put yes, on late playlist. <laughs> Can I get some Khalid? <laughs> he like, I feel like Pittman. Have you ever been to like a like when you were in your late twenties? You ever go to like one of those douchebag like Buckhead bro, you know, thirty thousand dollar millionaire parties like on Lake Lanier where they'd be like, we rent a uh, houseboat, like that kind of shit, and you would they would dock the boats together. Yeah, like he he is the boat that everyone's docking to. Right? Absolutely. Probably shouldn't say docking because there's a different meaning for it, but like that is, yeah. Don't want to know that. Don't know it. Surprisingly, I, I just don't want to know it. We'll skip Clark Lee. Let's just move on. Clark Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Come with a name like Clark Lee. Like, I mean, he's, I, I feel like he is 
just driving up to New Hampshire, taking his kids in the, the car. Hey, we got we got to save. Change. They don't. They got to save money on on the flight. You know, you you got to yeah. be efficient. You got to be efficient with the talents that you have at Vanderbilt, and you know, you got to be efficient with the dollars that you make as well. So he's driving to New Hampshire, middle of winter. Probably finds out halfway through the trip this was a bad idea. We weren't packed for this. <laughs> like twelve uh, minutes. I don't, think, I don't think the car is going to make it. We had ourselves a blast. The kids were yeah. in the back, did some Sudoku, and yeah. uh, watched their YouTube on their on their iPads. And, and then, you know, I tell you what, we had an extra day, and we got up to Maine and saw the LL Bean factory, which they wouldn't let us in, but it was it was cool just to see it. Then we transferred over to the mall, and we went to the Build a Bear factory. Mark <laughs> Lee is a big Build a Bear man for a thousand percent, <laughs> oh. and honestly, Shane Beamer seems like he is too, like big, like. We know what we should have. This would be that'd be a good segment for Hoover because there's a Build a Bear factory in that fucking Galleria. And like, if we could get each coach to go build a bear, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> All right, do we um, hit everybody? Do we we didn't we, did we hit Kirby? Yeah, he's a late guy. I mean, him uh, and him and one hundred percent. Um, he okay, let's, anything, let's he just does anything Saban does. Yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, that's that's a better way. I was just thinking he takes over Muschamp's old lake house, but that's that's pretty good. All right, so um, our drunk history moment of the week, and then we'll get into uncensored moment. Um, but drunk history this week. This was thrown out by again our, our buddy Nathan Sims, who um, who threw out the uh, question, "Why did Georgia Tech leave the SEC?" Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna do what we always do. Um, I'm on a diet, so I'm not drinking right now, Tyler. Just big. I've already lost like 17 pounds. I've lost none. Um, Okay, so here is an article from 2014. Uh, Georgia Tech left the SEC apparently in 1964. It says, it's been 50 years since Georgia Tech made the ill-fated decision to leave the SEC. I don't think the football in the flats has been the same since. Georgia Tech was one of the 13 founding members of the SEC back in 1932. Um, Tulane was the other one that, uh, Tulane and Sewanee were the other ones that were original and left. Um, Swanee left the conference in 1940 as a de-emphasized athletics tech department in 64 and then Tulane followed suit in 1966. So Georgia Tech's decision to leave the SEC centered around one rule and it was called the SEC rule 140, which was instead of having like it is now, you have 85, excuse me, um, scholarship players for football and however many for basketball. Um, you were only allowed to have 140 for both combined. So the teams were able to sign up to 45 football players annually but could not exceed 140 total, right? Okay. Yep. Think about what I just said. You were allowed to give 45 scholarships. Next time I see anybody with an old <laughs> fucking class ring from the 50s, it was like, yeah, I played college ball. Like, shut up, Harold. Like, <laughs> 45 so people. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, they could not exceed 140 total. Yellow Jackets athletic director and football coach at the time, Bobby Dodd, felt that the rule forced coaches to oversign and then run players off who weren't good enough. Dodd would keep players on scholarships until they graduated. He said it wasn't a player's fault if he wasn't good enough to make the team. Rather, the coaches were misjudging the talent. Dodd would only sign 30 to 32 players a year, while other schools were signing a maximum of 45, then running off inferior players so they could meet the roster limit. He thought that was unfair and would not withdraw scholarships from players. So he proposed changes to the rule in 1964 meeting of the SEC ADs and presidents, had the assurance of head coach Bear Bryant that he would support the measure. However, when the vote came, Bryant did not. <laughs> He was not in attendance. Oh. Um, so, yeah, the vote was 6-6, uh, which means it would remain. And that's why they left the SEC, which is they were trying to do the right thing. Uh, you know, the other part of that is just don't over-fucking recruit. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. No, they're just scared. They're scared, brother. 
I thought of this too. This is the last thing we'll say on this. This is because I thought that was pretty interesting. It's a good question from Noah Sims. Um, they call him Nathan Sims or is Noah Sims? Um, I don't know. Did I fuck it up twice. Uh, fuck it up. Fuck it up. Um, so what I thought was interesting about this too is there's like if you ever think about like it would have been difficult to be a head coach in football back in the day, right? Um, like in like the fifties and sixties. Can you imagine trying to recruit like tennis or golf? in like the 1960s in the South, like how the fuck would you even find players? Be like, I guess that kid, he's the only one playing golf in the entire (laughs) County. Like, I don't like what? Um, I think that'd be way difficult. Yeah. Anyway. All right. um, Let's, uh, let's get to the end of the moment of the week. And we have a special interview. We have a special interview. Our new producer, idiot. I didn't know we were bringing him on today. This is fantastic. Yeah. All right, uh, so uncensored moment of the week. Oh, gosh, at this point, Chris, you know, I, I sent it to you yesterday, or what was that? This morning. <laughs> it feels like it's been a full day. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, but this is too too funny to to not talk about. So, uh, Brooks Kepka in the PGA uh, seen giving an interview at the uh, PGA Championship this past week in Kiowa Island, and I don't know exactly what happened. I think it was just the mere presence of Bryson because Bryson DeChambeau kind of walks around like everybody has something to say about him. And he almost walks around like he has no clue that anyone hates him. And like everything, he's like that kid that just everything he says just kind of gets on your nerves. Like fucking Brian's coming. He won exactly, exactly. Fucking Brian's coming and fucking Bryson's coming. Yeah. And he he went a major last year and the first thing he's doing is thanking like 17 sponsors that he has like it's the first thing out of his mouth just that kind of guy yeah and one of the nature valley yeah (laughs) yeah and lastly my mother um right and so uh but anyway so i don't know so at the very beginning of this interview um, and this never went live, but somebody, and I feel actually bad for the guy who intervie- was interviewing Brooks because he probably is going to get thrown under the bus for this. But it was probably it was hilarious or something like that. But this was, this was, I think, B-roll that wasn't supposed to be going live or ever be seen by the public. And the clip just starts, and, and already Brooks just looks ticked off. And, and so I was like, oh, I wonder you what this is. You see him roll it. his eyes. He's yeah, staring he's rolling off his camera. Eyes, staring at something. Bryson. And, <laughs> oh, no. I know what it is. I'm setting yeah. it up. And okay, uh, and then he's talking. He's trying to get through this conversation, talking about how he couldn't read the lines. Now I couldn't hear what Bryson said. I couldn't hear if he was talking to Brooks or the person he was walking past, and I couldn't tell if Brooks was either mad at that or the just the, the annoying click clacking of the golf shoe. Just the essence of him walking around him. Yeah, he just mid interview just stops talking. He goes. He just the, the the look on his face is just unbelievable, and he's just like, "Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Hard to talk Fuck. with this, hard to talk with this bullshit behind me." Just like absolutely furious with Bryson DeChambeau, <laughs> and it's just the epitome of what I feel like Bryson DeChambeau is. Like it's just yeah, um, it, it was so incredible. I... One of the most viral moments. I I I pray that they get paired up in the next major the U S open later this summer, because it would be must see TV the entire 18 holes. Yeah. 
he so what i saw was that he i, I think what and i don't know how accurate this is but um what was somebody tweeted was like the quotes from bryson was you just have to put it on the right line or just to like make the right read or something yeah. like that and it was and like he was in the middle of answering a question about how he couldn't read putts or whatever right and <laughs> like and also bryson DeChambeau was like this is the hardest course i've ever played in my life like 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 on day one right and then and kepka finishes up second yeah. um but yeah, like I, so I've never really understood. Like Bryson DeChambeau, Bryson DeChambeau kind of walks like Marla Hooch from a league of their own. Like he's got very slump shoulders. He kind of dresses like her and her dad combined. Like he's just like zero fashion. Was like, did you see this cool hat? It was on sale. Like it, it's pretty cool, right? And like, no, Bryson, do you, again, that's a fucking Uber yeah. driver from Boston's hat. You yeah. look ridiculous. Um, and so. He's like, where's that? <laughs> where's that hat? He, cut, he cuts all his stupid clubs to be the same length. This guy is just unbelievable. Is that? I don't know. I play with juniors. I just found that out. Oh, well, I've been playing with junior clubs for the past like fifteen years. So, so you know. know how your your wedge and your driver are like different lengths? Yeah. Or maybe junior clubs aren't this way. I don't know. <laughs> no, they are. <laughs> so Bryson cuts all of his clubs to be the same length. Why? Because he's into physics and he's a nerd and he's annoying and he's he's fucking fucking Bryson's coming. That's just him. okay. Did you see his? Well, close on this because I got to pee and we have the interview. But um, okay. Did you see the uh, did you see the workout video he posted today? Oh God, no, I didn't. He's he's like do he's first off he's like in his garage gym and there's like four other bros with him and they've got it like somebody's filming him like right here and he's doing um like hammer curls right like so like like i think they're called hammer curls i honestly can't remember now but it's like where you you keep your like your fist forward and you're you're not turning your palms up and you're just you're going like this it's a concentration for like the middle part of your bicep and and like it also works your forearms and and you do it with like heavier weight because you don't have to curl it all the way up you're just using like like it's almost like giving a thumbs up to your shoulder if that makes sense okay he was doing it with like 65 pound weights it was, I thought he was working out his back. He was just like, like <laughs> jerking these things up as like as much as it looked fucking ridiculous. And he was doing curls. It like everyone was like, Bryson, what the fuck, man? Like everyone is making fun of you and you followed up with this fucking terrible workout video. Terrible. Incredible. All right. Let's, um, let's, let's wrap it up. That was this week's episode. Uh, hold on for one second because we are going to be doing an interview with our new producer and explain what's going on. Um, and so that is this. All right, so we are now joined by our uh, our new producer, Joe Martin. And so, uh, for those of you that don't know, we have um, you know it's just been a season of, of our off season of changes. Uh, so Will is um, no longer producing both shows. He is, uh, I think, strictly on the STS Pod now, which is great. We will have even more um, content for all of you. But we have a new producer, Joe Martin. I want to introduce him to everybody? Uh, Joe, how are you? Oh man, I'm awesome. You know, it's uh, the time of the year where the preview magazines are coming out. That's a plus. Baseball yes. is in full swing. I mean, I'm a baseball guy. You're a baseball guy, so that's a plus. Yeah. And then soon enough, we're pulling into Hoover, Alabama, for SEC God. Media Days. So I am all moist with anticipation for that. I just can't <laughs> wait. Uh, I, I mean, I think I'm honestly more excited for um, for what do you call it? like 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 what happens at night at media days but i'm still excited the way so it'll be fun so um first off i mean a little bit about joe 
he's an LSU fan, which is like, you know, horseshit, to be honest, I'll say it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so, but like, you know, I feel like this, we've, we're just trying to go as far out of our way as possible to not be known as a Bama podcast. But quickly, you know, give a little rundown of who you are. And then we're going to play a, a, an oldie, but a goodie. We're going to play a, a game of two minute drill. And you should be, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to be arrogant here. All right, Joe. But I'm just going to say you should be fucking ecstatic um, that we're doing this with you because this was like our game we played with like Herb Street, Tebow, uh, Tom Hart, my mom. She wasn't very fun, um, but all these other people. And so you're the first person that we're doing it with on College Football Uncensored. I, I'm honored, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, especially too, you know, it feels so much better because uh, at the time of recording, this is immediately after LSU baseball just continued to be infuriatingly frustrating this year in terms of runners on base and leaving them on base and not being able to capitalize on huge innings and bases loaded no no runs in the first yeah yeah bases loaded i mean a guy stealing third down by three and thrown out on a uh, strike him out throw him out so all 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 all, all the fun of lsu baseball yeah And, and and keep in mind too chris the night after the documentary on the sec network about the greatest college baseball coach in sec baseball history and i, I know the rod dato out at usc everybody's always going to say no, no he's the greatest of all time but skip bertman i mean what he did at lsu baseball and people who don't necessarily follow baseball it is a religion in baton rouge and in yeah. southern louisiana i mean it is one of those things that if lsu football season is not going great i know that basketball has been better over the last few years there right. was always the all right, well, we got baseball, and we've got a trip to Omaha ahead, so that's to look forward to. Haven't been the way the last few years, so that's disappointing. Yeah, well, it's the only sport, like, on campus that's not being um, investigated by the FBI, and so it's, like, it's always a disappointment. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, but, like, all jokes aside, like, we've, we've, um, I've talked about this with, like, our, my, my good buddy, Mickey Sheremy, who's one of our listeners, and he lives in Baton Rouge, and, and Nick Hallaby and stuff like that, but, but Mick, Mickey's, like, invited us to come down for games and stuff and we were trying to plan on one this we were supposed to go to a game this uh this season whether it be like bam lsu in baton rouge or, or the the hoover met but we weren't expecting to spend 14 grand on our fucking corgi um in the past couple of weeks so um but like no i guess like all i've ever heard about lsu baseball is is how into it the fans are and like lsu fans are some of the most passionate in the country no matter what they'll tailgate anything um you know i i but at the same time like that that documentary was incredible. It, it was, oh. it was as, as somebody, I think I even tweeted this as somebody that grew up as a diehard Bama football fan. This was so well done about LSU baseball. And you get to learn so much about Skip Bertman, how incredible of a person was. I, I tell you what, he won five national championships in 10 years. So obviously the comparison there is with Saban, what he's doing now, but the most impressive thing I heard throughout the entire documentary was they talked about him winning a state championship at beach high school or beach County and in, um, in Miami, like his first mm-hmm. coaching gig gig. And he, the team batting average was like 220, and they won a state championship because of him. Like, it's just, that, that was, it was really cool to watch. And his story is fantastic. I think the sad thing is, is in the current day and age, I think that he would probably be looked at with his sayings, his motivational videos. Yeah. And, and granted, I mean, you heard Ryan Terrio even talk about it of coach. We've heard and seen this millions of times. Right. And it's like, okay, no, I needed to see 
Armando Rios sliding in the home plate and throwing his helmet at the backstop. Yeah. Because I would do that a few years later, you know? So, right. uh, no, I mean, and, and I think too, you know, as well, I mean, it was, uh, you know, both for you as well. Like you said, Nick Saban being in it and him saying mm-hmm. in so many words, he made me a better coach, you right. know? So that's as great a hat tip as I think you can get. It was, it was honestly like, you know, and, and I know that we're, SDS were, were SEC homers admittedly and um, almost to a fault at sometimes I guess if that's that's the nature of the job um, and I love it because it's the best conference in, in the country but it, it is it, it was one of the most like fun entertaining like and like gripping almost like um, what do you call it uh, documentaries and it, it's my favorite SEC story they've done even more so than the 92 SEC championship game because for whatever reason they had fucking it wasn't Christian Slater, but who was the guy who was narrating? It was awful. Um, but the Skip Bertman thing, it was it was really cool. Regardless of all that, Dan. I mean, uh, Joe. Sorry, uh, I'm looking at a Facebook uh, commenter here, and I, I just mixed up names. Um, regardless of all that, this is not Skip Bertman uncensored. It's fucking college football uncensored. I like it. Let's we're go. excited to have you on here. We're gonna we're gonna play a quick game of two minute drill um of all i don't know why i entered that with the uh, you know aggressiveness about college football because these questions aren't about college football they're just to get to know you that's right so i want to hear about your passions in these quick two minutes we're going to put two minutes on the clock 10 questions to find out what kind of person you are uh and are you ready to play let's go all right first question what's your go-to order at chick-fil-a go-to order at chick-fil-a number one two chick-fil-a sauces for the sandwich two for the fries obviously with shortage having to go one and one right now. <laughs> I didn't know there was a shortage. That's a very good, very good answer. Bucket list concert. Bucket list concert. Definitely got to go Springsteen. I, you know, just heard what a, what a showman oh. he is. And, and I, I want to, I want to see Springsteen. Have you ever seen Titanic? Oh yeah. Uh, saw it's like it twice theaters. as long as a Titanic. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's also too, I always remember, uh, what was it? Jay Moore talking about why his shows are four hours long is because he says yeah. he talks to you for three and a half hours of it. Right. So I got that to look forward to. <laughs> I've always wanted to see Springsteen. He's fantastic. Uh, like you said, showman's like that. Um, I would want to do it around December because I want to hear Santa Claus come in town. Best Christmas yeah. song ever. Um, but yeah, I've heard nothing but good things. I, I, I will say I've heard it's kind of like Pearl Jam because they will, he will get into politics and start talking much. That's I'm, I'm dragging on the game. We're, we're, we're running out of time here. This is my we're fault. Good, All right. Good. We have eight questions left. Um, who is the hottest Disney princess? And that's right. I said, it. you don't have a kid, so you can say it. It's not weird. Oh yeah. No, I mean, this is from my childhood. So grew up with her, uh, Ariel. Uh, that is a wrong answer. It's, she's number two, but Jasmine is your correct answer. She's basically a Kardashian, uh, without all the terrible flaws. Uh, third, or I'm sorry, fourth question. If you could be any member of fast and furious, who would you be? Uh, I'd probably have to go with Dom Toretto. Why not? You know, I yeah. mean, living life a quarter mile at a time. It, who can resist that? Speak to my heart. I love it. That's a fantastic answer. Um, okay, biggest Disney banger of all time. We're talking about a song. We're not talking about Hottest Girls. Now. I use a very bad uh, <laughs> example there. So best Disney song of all time. I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, Under the Sea is obviously there. Uh, was Be Prepared? Was, was that a Disney? Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, From The Lion King. I, what a deep yeah. cut. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say Be Prepared. I'm going to give you um, points because I've never heard a sane person ever say the guy from Scar from the Lion King singing was going to uh, be their favorite song. But I like that because it's original and different. Um, okay, next song. What is your go-to karaoke song? Go-to karaoke song. I would 
probably go with uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls by uh, Metallica. I, 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 do, wow. I, I do like to break out a little uh, James Hetfield when possible. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm still waiting on one person to agree with me and say, uh, share if I could turn back time. But that's still, that's a, that's still a, good a very, one. very good uh, answer. The, okay. What is your go to? The key is to get the, the key is to get the crowd involved. You get the crowd involved. Mm. You've won. That's a good point. Um, I like that. So what is next question here? Your uh, dream vacation. Oh, dream vacation. Probably Australia. If we can Ooh. ever cut down on the flight time, like if we can do that total yeah. recall, like fly through the middle of earth to get there like quicker than good. Yeah. But otherwise my knees are going to lock up. It's going to be a terrible scene getting off. It's going to take me a day or two to, to get Adjust. caught up on sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would love to see Australia. That is a, that is a, fucking fantastic answer <laughs> because like <laughs> i say this to Allie all the time i'm like I, she's like would you have do you want to go to europe and i'm like no not fucking really because i don't want to be stuck on a plane for 14 hours oh, um terrible. anyway next question for you uh if you were a character on the office who would you be oh i'd probably be jim i mean i'd like okay. to think that he's a little more cre- he's a little more clever than me but uh i do appreciate the uh the dry sense of humor you, you got a dry sense of humor usually i'm, I'm probably gonna be uh on your level in terms of friendship love it i love it um all right last two questions uh best quarterback in sec slash college football history oh come on bro i mean really i i mean you you, you're you're making me put name huh you're making me put a name to it huh name names uh uh, obviously 2019 joe burrow it was the most magical college football year of my life i i well yeah it really was a fantastic year for you guys um I, I don't think you, I couldn't make an argument against it, even though I would probably say Tebow just because of the longevity, but I think it's a fantastic answer. Last question for you. Give me LSU's record and do they beat Alabama this year? I am going to go 10 and two and that they, it is in Tuscaloosa, Bryce Young. Yeah. Oh man. I'm hemming and hawing. I got to say no. And yeah, I would say no. If, what are you talking yeah. about? Hemming and hawing. Um, yeah. Let's add one more question on the clock because this has been a recent theme. I'm wearing the stupid Stetson Bennett uh, shirt we designed last year with our <laughs> friends at Breaking Tea. Um, okay, last question for you. As as many of as our entire audience knows, I think you know as well. I've had three planned and failed weddings so far with my fiance because of COVID and, and other. Fa- yeah, it's been tough. Been a tough run. Thanks a lot, whoever ate that bat in Wuhan. Regardless, what happens first? Allie and I get married or Georgia wins a national championship. Last question. Oh man. I, I, I like you and Allie's chances. I, I okay. think that uh, definitely uh, because uh, 40 years is a heck of a long time to wait. So uh, <laughs> I think, very I, 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 I think that you and Allie can tie the knot before 40 years. All right. Let me add these up here. That is, uh, this is going to shock you, but 69 total points tied for a career high. That is fantastic. Joe, uh, thank you so much, man. And, and we're going to, we're going to end the show there. Um, but really looking forward to working with you and, um, and, and just nothing but good things. So we will, um, we will talk to you soon. And now you have to do all the hard part and, and, and edit this whole fucking pod together. Well, to the laboratory I go. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to working with y'all. And let's have some fun talking some college football. Sounds good, brother. We'll see you uh, we'll see y'all next week on the next episode of College Football Uncensored. <laughs>